0: Hello, and welcome to Making Tracks, with me, Rowan Reingantz. I am a folk musician, a songwriter and theatre maker from Sheffield in the north of England. I'm beginning this podcast series the only way I know how to begin anything, by doing it. I don't know exactly how it will unfold, but I know that I am searching for a way to connect and to share my words and my music while gathering together isn't possible. For me, the spell of a live gig isn't replicable through a screen. But I think there might be some magic possible here, in the audio world, in story, and in sharing some space around the song. So thanks for being here. You're very welcome on this trip. I hope we'll both find things we're looking for on the way. I warmly invite your eyes to wander as you listen. I'm going to start by looking backwards to where I've been. The first episodes, I think, will each centre around a song that I have travelled with and what that song has shown me for the road ahead. Episode 1. The road less travelled. This song has always lived outside. It began its circular journeying in the hot backyard of a house I once shared with two brilliant women on the north side of Sheffield. I had just started getting excited about growing food and I'd planted a hundred onion babies in cold frames in our bike and rosebush filled back garden. I didn't even particularly like onions, but I loved those seedlings and I would check on them most days. My life then seemed simpler to me now, but of course it wasn't. I was moving in lots of different directions. I was riding on the back of my new love spike. And we've been together seven years now, so I know the age of this song is about the same. I sat in the garden on the bit of decking that sometimes hosted birthday breakfasts or whiny dinners. It was a warm morning in early summer. I tuned the string of my banjo closest to my leg up a note and eventually found the rolling riff that would become the anchor point of this song. The air smelled of sun cream as I played it to the insects and to the onions. A year or so later, I learnt a bit more about growing things at a place called Edibles, a small holding on the canal between Sloughet and Marsden in West Yorkshire. I'd first gone there to see a gig, and then I'd asked the organisers if I could come and live there for a bit. It would be the place which birthed other songs. Soil and soul, bouncing in the reverby concrete of the cowshed floor. Also a simpler time, with its own complications. I was searching for a home then, after living without a fixed place for a while. I felt I needed a place in order to be creative. And, once again, I learn from my own path. Looking backwards, I see that creativity is always there, and it usually bursts into these gnarly gaps. It usually comes uninvited. You can't make the space for it to come. You can only meet it when it arrives. In February, my friend Staffan visited from Sweden. We transplanted seedlings in the polytunnels and in the evenings we sat in the cowshed between the wood burner and the ping-pong table and we played music. Mostly guitar and fiddle, or guitar and banjo, or two fiddles. We recorded a few things that we happened upon in the moment. And on that night, the banjo riff from the previous summer's garden got a line. Robert Frost's poetry had been a companion to me since I'd spent a year living in Sweden in my late teens, learning how to play the fiddle and walk over frozen lakes. I'd settled his poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening, onto the banjo, then, and sung it to the deepest winter I'd ever experienced. His poetry is already musical to me, and I don't mean that in a fancy way, I just mean in the way that its rhythms are as full of the message as the meanings of the words. Robert Frost himself calls this a poem's sound of sense. The truth that you can still grasp the feeling of, even if the words are muffled by wind, even if you're not sure exactly what the meaning is. I really like to think of words like this, as holding so much more potential than just their meaning. Robert Frost's The Road Not Taken Ends with the lines Two roads diverged in a wood and I I took the one less travelled by And that has made all the difference The residue memory of this poem floated up into a seven-syllable sound of sense which rolled over the four-bar banjo phrase and me and Stefan sung it together around and around I remember singing it into the pitch-black night. The song belonged outside. The stars were the only light and the little red dot blurring my tired vision as I breathed in the cold air and sang the same line again and again. Repetition has its own sound and sense. Stefan left and took our recording with him in his laptop, along with some other small musical ideas. And in the spring that followed, I read about the island of Egg in the Inner Hebrides. I drew maps and texts and walked around in circles playing the fiddle. I still do that a lot. I find moving, walking in wide repeating circles, never ending, no stopping, to be beneficial to ideas arriving legs move, the bow moves, there's no goal, it's a pleasurable dance, and it's a search for flow, I suppose. You can't get so easily mentally or musically stuck when you're physically moving. I read Alistair McIntosh's Soil and Soul that spring, and I found it to be so profound, not only in the story of the remarkable island I was about to visit for the Songs of Separation project, but also how this book effortlessly and obviously wove together geography history geology mythology poetry superstition lyrical and political prose and that all these differently feeling things could sit together and tell a story in fact that this story required all those things and none more than the other affected me a lot and certainly entered my own practice when it came to creating my theatre piece dispatches on the red dress big stories need different threads. I arrived on Egg, with the song Soil and Soul mostly written, and it blossomed beautifully in the incredible group of big women that gathered there. I could say so much of that midsummer week, the heart pull of arriving, the early morning drive north, the postman carrying our instruments off the boat. The biggest and warmest welcome from strangers. The total immersion in those songs. And the heart pull of leaving. The piper on the pier as the boat pulled away. And I cried hot tears while everybody else waved with joy and gratitude. Classic me. (laughs) I'm a sucker for bagpipes, basically. But in the middle of that week... On the day before we went into the studio to make what would be, by all accounts, a brilliant and unexpected album of utterly present music, the most present album recording process I've ever experienced, the banjo riff came back to me as I sat in the living room of our working space. Kate Young and Corrine Polwart came over, post-breakfast, and we jammed the tune around, Corrine on tenor guitar too. In the calm and the generosity of the atmosphere that we'd made there, which could only really exist in that one week and in that one place, the song grew again. Corinne and Kate both added verses, and together the answering phrase found us, that which would become the sort of chorus, Find your own way home, walk your own way home, sing your own way. The song lives outside so it had to be recorded outside, of course. On the final afternoon of recording, Corrine, Kate and I stood on the brow of the hill outside the studio on Egg, looking out over the ocean, and recorded the song. Not committed then to even making it onto the record, it just seemed like a nice thing to capture. It was so much smaller and simpler than the epic arrangements we'd been so deep in that week. Quickly and surely, the midges came and as they entered every crevice of our faces we sang as well as we could and the recording that did make it onto the Songs of Separation album is the second of just two takes. We'd have been eaten alive if we'd done any more. I got up early the next morning to record some extra egg wildlife for the track, wanting the space around it to sound even wider if possible. Later that summer, we sang the song at one of our gigs, this time at the Dundee Arts Festival. As the song built through the verses, the local choir gradually came in under the guidance of their conductor, who I later learnt was an old friend of my mother's and had probably met me as a baby. Their voices filled the echoey church and I stood and sang and listened in awe at my surroundings and company and that the song which had hatched amongst onion babies years before was still travelling with me. The road less travelled is a road made by walking. Early this year, as the news spiralled and fear grew, I moved into a new house in the west of Sheffield. In the first weeks of lockdown, my new neighbours asked me to play some music in the garden, and almost immediately I knew the song I would sing. The song that lives best in back gardens, growing easily amidst unpruned rose bushes and piles of bricks. I put on my jacket and stood in the back, facing up towards the long row of windows. I sang the song and found myself adding a verse then, Know your neighbours are around Know your neighbours are around The first recording you heard in this episode was made in the Onion Garden of seven years ago and probably captured on my phone And what you're hearing now and what I'll leave you with is the recording I made with my friend Stefan in the dark West Yorkshire night a year or so later The road less travelled became the final track on the Songs of Separation album, which was released in 2016 on Navigator Records and was a 10-piece collaboration with Kate Young, Corinne Polwart, Hannah James, Hannah Reid, Hazel Askew, Eliza Carthy, Mary McMaster, Jen Butterworth, Jenny Hill and myself. And you can find that album wherever you buy or stream your music. You've been listening to Making Tracks with folk musician, songwriter and theatre maker, Rowan Rheingantz. To support this podcast and be the first to receive more new releases, go to rowanrheingantz.co.uk.